Sport Podcast with me, Sean Cottrell, the CEO of Law in Sport. I'm joined by my colleague and editor, Manan Agarol. We've got a fantastic podcast for you today, focusing on some new legislation that's taking place in Brazil, focusing on the incorporation of football clubs. In order to do that, we are delighted to welcome one of the most influential people in this new legislation that was passed, Francisco Mansour, who's a partner at Ambiel Mansour Belfort Gomez Hanna Advogados and his colleague Tiago Gomez. First of all, thank you both for joining us today. I hope you're well. Um, to start us off, Francisco, could you give us um, an insight into why this new piece of legislation was passed and tell us about what your involvement was? Because I know you're going to be too humble to say, but other people have told us at least that you know, we should, you know, you're here at, at a request of many of our members who have said, if there's someone we should talk to, about this topic is you. So, Francisco, over to you. Uh, first of all, I would like to thank Law Sports for having me today. I'm very proud. It's an honor for me to stay here with you guys, try to exchange some ideas about this new Brazilian legislation. Uh, my name is Francisco Mansur. As you said, I'm a lawyer in Brazil. Um, I I have been I had been studied this issue regarding the, the structure of the Brazilian football clubs since the last century, <laughs> 1998. <laughs> uh, I'm very interested in this issue. Um, I, I really believe that the organization of Brazilian clubs as associations is something very important to define how the Brazilian football are structured nowadays and all over the 20th century when our first clubs were created till now. Uh, in 2015, uh, me and a colleague called Rodrigo Castro, we had the idea to try to promote a new legislation in order to try to stimulate clubs to change this structure from associations to companies. We found a, a congressman, he uh, agreed to present this, this new legislation we, we wrote together, me and Rodrigo. And in 2019, uh, the Brazilian uh, National Congress presented our project that was enacted last year, on August. So, uh, since August 2021, we have in Brazil the law 14,193 that create or try to create are trying to create new a uh, new uh, uh, new kinds of stimulation, considering the tax issue, considering governance, compliance. As I said, uh, in order to stimulate Brazilian football clubs to try organize this themselves as companies, selling stocks, 
selling, uh, having new investors, and uh, lots of things that were not impossible when uh, the clubs were organized as associations. And is it, is it correct, uh, Francisco and Tiago, that um, yeah, we've had uh, colleagues um, from Brazil talk about this before, but again, for people tuning into the podcast, they may not be familiar with how Brazilian sport is structured. But it's right that you've got these associations, which are, I guess, similar to what you see with Real Madrid and Barcelona, where they have multi-sport operations. And one of the challenges has been for Brazilian football has been to... Uh, uh, from what you've told me and, and what colleagues have said, is to um, incorporate has been has not been possible up till now, um, and therefore it's reduced the amount of investment that can come into Brazilian football and it's limited the growth. Is that a, a correct assessment in terms of the background to this? Yes, Sean. Uh, this is a correct assessment, uh, and it's one of, and probably one of the most important issues that we face here. Uh, the, those clubs they were incorporated in the beginning of the 20th century, uh, and they were very important for the foster of the of for the development of the country as a society. Uh, just remembering that we were a, a rural society becoming a a, a, a more uh, city society. So those clubs they were important to uh, gather people and allow people to practice sports, but they are multi-sports. Uh, of, uh, most of the Brazilian football clubs, they are multi-sports. And uh, we have a lot of interests or a lot of different interests uh, surrounding those clubs. Uh, it is, of course, the most relevant issue for those clubs, uh, the, the, the football. The football is uh, a, a very important industry in Brazil and uh, it, it uh, involves a, a lot of money, a lot of passion. Uh, hundreds of people, millions, million of people, million of, fan, of fans. Uh, this is very important for them. But at, at the same time, those associations they have to cope with uh, the needs of other sports. So uh, at the same time that Corinthians has a very strong football team, it has to deal with basketball, swimming, uh, tennis. So uh, uh, and, the, and those... members and members recreation at all. Parties, uh, uh, dancing clubs, uh, so the football that are played by members as a friendly, friendly games at all. There are the the Brazilian football clubs are really clubs and improve recreation to the members. And so you've got this tension there, where you've got essentially the the commercial beasts and issues that come around with that. Uh, with football, um, and then you've got these other sports and other interactions and community assets, essentially, uh, and activities that they're putting on, as well as this backdrop. And I, we should note that we will link to an article that you guys have written on this as well for, for people who want to really get into a bit more detail on this. Um, they also backdrop as well, like with the rest of world football is, you end, you um, the natural challenge of being so um, having so many competing interests and having these associations means that often they're not the most efficient corporate structures uh, or not corporate structures. And therefore, and with the culture of football, clubs have typically in Brazil, like everywhere else in the world, got themselves indebted. <laughs> um, 
one of the things, as I understand it, or I guess one of the things that would be really good to know. So we've got the backdrop of Brazilian football, some indebted clubs. Uh, you're all looking for more sustainable growth of the Brazilian football market. You have the associations. Which clubs are more inclined to want to incorporate in this way and how do they do it? I believe it's not just as simple as setting up a um, just moving this association into a club. Can you tell us about which clubs would be more inclined to do it? And then when they are, why and how would they go about doing that? Sean, I think that this is a very good question. Uh, what we are seeing, what 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 we are seeing now is that uh, the most indebted clubs are the, those ones that are uh, becoming. Uh, corporations first. So we have uh, Cruzeiro, Botafogo, Vasco da Gama, very, very important and traditional clubs with lots of international players that were formed there, uh, several uh, uh, Brazilian championships. So we are talking about very strong and important clubs which were very, very indebted. So those clubs, they are uh, are now becoming corporations and they are looking for investors, uh, international investors. In the case of Cruzeiro, uh, we have Ronaldo Nazario, uh, Ronaldo Fenomeno, uh, the, the, the striker for Brazilian Brazilian national team, uh, as a major investor. Why are they doing this? Well, basically because they were starting losing uh, relevance in the Brazilian scenario. They uh, were so indebted that they could not face uh, uh, simple payments and they would be uh, punished by FIFA, by uh, Brazilian Federation. They could not uh, 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 hire new players. They would be facing the risk of being related to uh, lower divisions. So uh, this was a very problematic issue. Uh, but it's not only for those clubs. As you said, uh, Brazilian football market is really uh, uh, based on uh, 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 serious indebtedness. And what is worse, that in, in an economy that's really hard for one, to, for one company, for strong companies to find out uh, 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 financial arrangements, uh, for clubs, those were a, a nightmare because... Even those clubs being well-managed, and we have several cases of clubs being very well-managed under the structure of an association, uh, the market doesn't believe in what they in what those guys do. And it's not because of the people, but because of the structure. Uh, and Mansur has a very good experience because he was a vice president for Sao Paulo Football Club and, and uh, 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 knows quite well what the structure means. But uh, the, the club goes to a, a financial institution and they say, okay, you are now being well-managed, but can I trust that uh, in a few years from now, you will not be uh, mismanaged because, uh, I don't know, pe people from the swimming pool wants a, 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 new, uh, a new heater and now you have to uh, uh, forget all those good uh, uh, standards to uh, promote yourself under, in, in the club so you can win the, the elections. This is a, a very very important issue that Mansur knows by heart. So, so and, and Francisco Mansur, can you 
give us an insight being at Sao Paulo what the sort of the political pressures like because you know you would have seen in the UK the football fan-led review that took place and this is about how do you get fans more involved and obviously from the Brazilian perspective you've got fans so heavily involved all the time and all the politics that goes with it that you know, if unchecked can um, be unintentionally I guess difficult for you to manage uh, from a, as you're saying from a corporate from a sustainability perspective so can you tell us what it was like in terms of you're trying to manage that from being inside a club in Brazil. Let me try to explain to you. My club, São Paulo, has nowadays 18 million supporters. But the club, São Paulo, has nowadays something about 10,000 members. These members elect the councillors, 260 councillors. And the councillors elects the president. Okay? We have in Sao Paulo Football Club something about 14 political parties. You know? I, don't, I really don't believe that there are 14 political ideologies in how to manage a football club. But we have 14 political parties. Considering that one of these parties, the Friends of São Paulo Football Club, elects 21 councillors. The president will, the, the, the candidate, will sit with these guys and say, how can you vote for me in the next election? And the parties will answer, I will vote for you, we all, the 21 councillors, if you uh, promote one of our guys to be the football director. All right. After it, he came to, the, to another party who that elected 11 councillors, and the party says, I would, I would like to be, one of us would like to be the financial director. It looks like a government, a federal government. But uh, all over the time, it shows that it's not the better way to manage a club. The political process is uh, in the main stage. And the capacity, the technical capacity, the, the governance, the compliance, the, our, our, our management, our skills that you have to be to be a, a, a director, of a professional club that deal with something about 100 uh, million reais per year in revenues uh, is not the best way to manage it. When you come to the finance system, to, to a bank, and ask for a mutual, the bank said, this political process brings us uh, a situation of uh, instability because you will change the president in three and three years and the president will change the directors. So I will not, I will not give you the money or I will uh, charge a, a higher cost to, to, to be, bring money for you. 
that's why, in this sense, uh, I strongly believe that we uh, should have, has, uh, as we have nowadays, an alternative to change and to stimulate the clubs to adopt the company's organization. And, and Mansur, uh, and I guess that uh, this is not to mention the pressure that you suffer from the fans. Uh, I, I, I have a very, very, very uh, funny story to tell you. Uh, when I first joined the, the, the firm in 2018, my first week here, uh, I, I joined the firm on a Thursday and Sao Paulo would be playing on a Sunday uh, home match. And okay, that's nice. Now I joined those guys. Mansur uh, uh, is the vice president of the club. Okay, very, very nice. I'm a fan of football, although I have nev never worked with football. And uh, I am watching TV and just uh, uh, waiting for the, for the match. And then I see uh, my new partner, Francisco Mansur, funeral. He's being... He, uh, uh, the protest, uh, there's a, a coffin... With the photograph of Mansur and the, the fans, they are protesting, saying that they want my 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 friend and new partner dead. I said, guys, this is so crazy. I, I could never, never think about uh, uh, something like that. And uh, this just shows how uh, 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 this structure is is bad because uh, 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 not only we have the, pro the the political issue, but every Wednesday and every Sunday, uh, those guys, they suffer a lot of pressure from millions of people. Uh, we can safely say that the Brazilian uh, clubs have uh, uh, more fans more fan bases, uh, local fan bases than any other club in, in any other in any other country. So uh, 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 this is this is crazy, and I I can safely say that uh, decision making process. Whenever you have your funeral being planned by people in front of your house probably is not the most efficient way to, dec to decide something. So what, what, what do you want? You want a new player? Okay, I'll buy it. Oh, but it costs a lot. No problem. I don't want to. I don't want to see my own funeral again. So uh, uh, this is the kind of this is the kind of issue we face here. Even though I look older than I am, I strongly believe that I'm still here with you guys. <laughs> uh, I'm not dead. Thankfully, thankfully, I'm a long way that continues. Um, but it does. I think it's a great. It's, it's 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 not as humorous as I thought it was going to be in terms of like the subject matter. But I take the point, and I think it's a really good um, illustration, though, of where the fanatical supporters who are so passionate about the club, who it means so much to, can both be um, really positive contributors. Um, but also, you know, can sometimes go too far uh, with these things. And, and, and more importantly, um, it can be, as I think, Francisco, you, you mentioned, like the as a supporter, obviously, you care about the immediate, what's going on immediately, as well as obviously longer term. But sometimes you don't have the necessary the insight, the knowledge. Um, some do, but most people don't necessarily have that. They're not getting that coverage. Right, what they're getting coverage is about the players, the performance on the pitch, and not getting all of the. We've got a tax issue, a stadium development problem, uh, you know, a, a litigation matter going on. They're not necessarily getting all that information to make an informed decision, which can be problematic to manage at scale. 
One of the things that strikes me, and I know you touched on this in the article, would be that then how does it split? So, so say for as I understand it, is this correct? So you have the association, then you can basically set up a, the, a new entity that is becomes the, the the football club, the football operations side of it. Um, the assist. Am I right that that the um, the association has one share in the? Is that right? Or the is it the old club or the association that has a share in the new co? How does that work in terms of? So you've got these associations. They're doing lots of different things for the community, different activities. You have a new entity that gets set up to be focused on football operations and professionally run. How does that? How does that work? It's it's very important to say now that the association might have so many shares he wanted to have. If the association wants to maintain more than fifty percent, then the shares. The association can do it. If the association wants to sell 90% of the shares to an investor and maintain with them, with him, just 10%, the association can do it. Uh, in Germany, as we know, as we had studied, the law provides that the association is obliged to maintain 50% plus one share. In Brazil, it's important to say to you, we have... 841 clubs registered in our Brazilian Football Confederation. We have big clubs, we have very small clubs. We try to not define or oblige the association to maintain a number of shares. There will be associations that will be interested in sell 100% of the shares. There will be associations that do you uh, that believes, as Thiago said, they are nowadays well management managed, and they are just interested in in, in sell ten percent of the shares. We did not try to define a model, but it's important to say, in uh, in uh, fourteen thousand one nine three hundred law. We try to define that if the association maintain with the, 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 the own association one share, the investor may not decide about some issues that regarding to the, the feelings between the, among the, the supporters and the club. The club will decide about the name, the colors, the symbol, and the place the club will be. But the, 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 the association will decide how many shares the association wants to sell and how many shares the association wants and, to maintain. And so therefore, you can't get a situation like we've seen here where someone buys a football club and then they sell the ground, for example. Um, that, that would prevent that type of situation happening. Is that correct? Yes, it does. Uh, as long as the club, uh, as Monsu said, as long as the club has at least one share, uh, the venue where the club uh, 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 is seated uh, will be a decision of the association and not of the, the controlling shareholder. So it, it's kind of a, a, a golden share. Uh, it's not exactly this, the same uh, uh, institution, but uh, it works uh, as that. So there are a few issues that uh, by law, are uh, mandatorily decided 
upon the club. The club, the club decides whether they change the colors, the the, the symbols, uh, uh, the venue, so uh, so on and so forth. And so, with the fifty plus, so looking at the German model, why did you choose not to recommend a fifty plus one? Because I know that one of the issues was that the some of the clubs felt it prevented investment because no one would know that it restricted the number of people who would even consider investing. What was your rationale for not following that model? Why, why did you take a more flexible for, approach? First of, first of all, we had studied the German case and we strongly believe that this, this limitation is something that is not allowed the develop the development of the German clubs as it would it could be. Second, as I said, we have 841 clubs in Brazil with all size. There is, there is a club like Flamengo that has 40 million supporters. There's a club in the countryside that has just 10 members that wants to be alive. We believe that considering the, the size of Brazilian football, this the number of clubs we choose a liberal model when giving the club the option without having a, a, a law regulation in order to prevent the sale of 50% plus one 10% 90% we believe that we uh, could give to the clubs the options considering they own their own cases in particular. That makes a lot of sense. I think that's a really good point. Manan, I think you had a question you wanted to... Uh, I just wanted to ask, right now, you've, where you basically positioned Brazilian football is is not as extreme as Germany's case uh, with the 50 plus 1 rule, and it's not on the other extreme as UK's case where fans feel that they don't have any involvement with the club, which has led to the football fan-led review. But you also outlined currently that there are a lot of governance issues plaguing Brazilian football clubs. Uh, what would your recommendations for them be to make sure that they make the correct decision in terms of keeping the number of shares with them, giving it to the investors? Uh, Manan, I, I believe that this will be, uh, well, this will be regulated by the market. The, 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 the fans will, will decide on how they want the, their clubs to uh, be managed in the future uh, and they will decide what is the best for the future of their clubs. What we believe is that the market itself will put pressure on the current managers of the clubs uh, because either they uh, make something or their clubs will lose relevance. Uh, football is so fast, and in Brazil we have a lot of competition, uh, as opposed of uh, as to other countries where uh, you have two to three clubs that every year uh, can win a, a competition. In Brazil, whenever Brazilian Brazilian championship starts. Uh, there's at least 12 clubs that can win that competition. Uh, by the end of five years, if you are not winning, we will be suffering a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure from those fans. So, uh, and the gap will only will only increase. So now we see Flamengo, Palmeiras, Atlético Mineiro with a, a huge 
uh, uh, huge invest investments. They can hire uh, very important players, and they are becoming a, a, a part of competition. If the other clubs they don't follow the trend, if they don't go uh, uh, after what is the best for them, just thinking on their own interests, they will lose track of the history so that's that that's what we believe uh in terms of of governance and why they would choose uh the best option uh i think from the one side of course investors and when when we are talking about those big clubs we are talking about uh uh smart money i don't think that we will have any any person or even a billionaire that will be able to buy one of those clubs. We are talking about very important institutions. Uh, the fan bases will pressure not for, for those clubs not to be sold to someone that is not uh, uh, known in the market as, as someone trusty. So this is uh, uh, and on the one side. And uh, on the other side, uh, I, I believe that uh, those investors, when they are qualified investors, they will, of course, want their partners because the, it's important for them that the club continues uh, important, that the club continues, maintains its ties to the community, the, the ties with the fan bases. So uh, if those investors, if they are qualified enough for that, they will want the club to be as vested as possible in, the, in, in this new uh, corporation that will be formed using the traditions of the club. So uh, that's, what we, that's what we believe. That's what we are seeing now. And I believe that uh, uh, it's one of the, the reasons that Mansur and Rodrigo, when they wrote the first uh, uh, draft of, of the, this bill, uh, they were thinking. And, and on top of that, we have a very uh, 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 different situation here in Brazil when it comes to corporate structures. So uh, uh, although we are also civil law, Germany has a very, very important tradition of uh, uh, the employees having a mandate on the, on the company. We don't have here in Brazil. Uh, 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 controlling shareholders, they have uh, basically uh, the power to do whatever they want. In, in, in a Brazilian company. So that would be a very uh, bad message to the market by saying, well, we continue with those clubs that have all those issues of governance, all those issues of political problems, uh, controlling a company, and basically they can do whatever they want. So uh, 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 that would be a, a, a bad sign. Uh, and I'm sure that uh, uh, Francisco and Rodrigo, when they wrote the bill, they were thinking about our reality as well. So uh, that was one of the one of the the reasons why we took the, that path. That's that's very interesting. So you and Mansur both have highlighted like really great points in favor of applying under this corporation law. One was where uh, obviously you clear up your governance issue and makes it more attractive for investment. And second, also because there's transparency if you convert to a company uh, and accountability, then there is better governance and better decisions are made in favor of clubs. So that's in the end better for fans. Now, what are the considerations for investors in in this case to invest in such clubs which are going under the new law first of all Mane, we are talking about safety 
the associations in Brazil, they are ruled by nine articles of our civil codes. Nine articles. We have a Brazilian company's law that has more than 170 articles. Considering issues as fiscalization, contability, uh, the rights of the minority, the minorities at all. It's really much more safe invest in a company than in an association. All over the country, I believe it's like this abroad too. You have to consider two issues that are fundamental just before you decide to make an investment. The valuation and the due diligence. Thiago was the guy that showed it to me. Starts with valuation, starts with due diligence. Don't let to do the due diligence just after the announcement. <laughs> you will find something that you never could believe that you could find. And after the announcement, our uh, supporters, all the collectivity are engaged in your proje project and it's, it's not good as communication strategy say. I announced, I announced that I was in your club, but I'm thinking about leaving because I found a lawsuit that I never expected to found. And valuation, you know exactly the price of the share you are buying. Thiago know more about it than me. Uh, what I can say to you right now, just after a few months after the delay was enacted, it's, is that the interest in, in, of the investors in Brazilian clubs are much more bigger than we imagined when we uh, was talking about the law. Uh, we never, never believed that we would be talking about 50 or 70 clubs receiving proposals for, from investors, Brazilian investors and investors from abroad. There is some, some kind of excitement nowadays. We, as lawyers, we have the obligation to say, we made a very good law. Thank you very much for recognizing it. But be careful about some issues. We did not invented a magical formal in order to save all Brazilian clubs. There are some clubs that are really good investment. There are some clubs, some clubs that are not. But I, I, I guess that the, the, the silver lining here is well, uh, Brazilian football as a structure itself, uh, it's so, so uh, undervaluated that uh, investors investing right now, they will uh, very easily benefit from the fact that the, the, the change of the structure itself will uh, 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 change the value of the sport. Uh, this is one, one thing that I, I, we talking to those uh, investors we we, we we have seen and uh, there's another opportunity because 
the Brazilian championship is not organized as a, a league in Brazil. So uh, we believe that once the clubs are structured as corporations, once they have investors, once they have owners, and those guys stop acting as fans and start acting as uh, 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 entrepreneurs, they will see how stupid it is to uh, make a championship that is basically decided uh, on a, an individual basis. Uh, they are losing money. They will realize that. Of course, they already realized that. And uh, they are looking at that, at the fact that once they become owners of the clubs, they will be able to join the other owners and say, come on, guys, we have now a very good market here. Let's uh, uh, get all the, the, the nonsense out, out of the table. Let's be managers. Let's work and rational. Tiago, so, Tiago, on that point then, so basically what you're saying is this is almost like an IPO opportunity in the sense that, you know, regardless if you, you know, in theory, if the overall market just elevates because everyone's investing in and there's more corporates, every valuation of sponsorship, media rights, everything is going to go up to such an extent that you, in, in theory, um, everyone should should benefit in that regards. And then what you're talking about is with the evolution of what happens with the competition is at one extreme, again, you've got uh, the European Super League, which was obviously not received very well, right, of like the closed league system, it's good commercially, but for the fans, that's not really what they wanted at that moment in time. And so no doubt you're going to have these sort of tensions play out in Brazilian football. In terms of, though, we've sort of like, you know, looked at the investment side. One of the things that was interesting to come back to on this was the fact that, that could you talk about the incentives, the financial incentives for, for clubs? So both, I guess this is both build on Manan's point from the investment side. But I thought there were some really creative ways to clear down debts or to incentivize clubs to clear down debts. Could you talk about how that um, sort of works? Well, uh, uh, first of all, the, the, the corporation is not a successor of the club uh, when it comes to debts. So uh, all the indebtedness will be kept with the, the association and uh, the, 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 the corporation will have to send 20% of its revenue for the club, for the club to make payments in a 10-year uh, long plan for those uh, creditors. So uh, it's good because the, club, the clubs in Brazil, they suffer a lot because they cannot manage they cash their, their their cash flow. They know they are they they make a lot of money, but every every day they are suffering uh, new lawsuits and new foreclosures. So they cannot work uh, uh, on, on, on a on a financial plan. Uh, the corporation will not suffer that because it will be an independent entity and will not respond for the indebtedness aside those uh, indebtedness that are related to FIFA uh, uh, punishments, okay? But uh, it, it's an important, an important thing that the, the law provides for. The second 
uh, uh, interesting issue that was coped by the law was the taxation. Because one of the main reasons for Brazilian clubs to remain as uh, association is that associations are basically uh, exempt of all taxes in Brazil. And, uh, well, corporations are not. So we are talking about a difference of at least 35% uh, of, of the total income that would be ta taxed uh, as opposed to the, the associations. But, first of all, that was uh, uh, at least uh, a lie, I can say, because uh, associations are exempted, but... The, the revenue services tried to uh, change that by saying, well, you are only incorporated as association, but you, in practice, in fact, you are a, 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 an enterprise because you make a lot of money, you invest in a lot, in, in a lot of things. So uh, every year, the fiscal department of the clubs, they were being uh, 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 suffering new lawsuits and those lawsuits were uh, an instability for the life of the club because at the end of the day, uh, they believed on what the law says, that the association is exempt, but they had uh, uh, the risk of a judge saying, well, you're an association, but in fact, you are not. So Thiago, you have Thiago, to pay. So on that point, I think that's such a great point. That describes so many of the issues in world football, <laughs> that people operate clubs in a certain way, believing that it should operate in that way. Or say, for example, they set up image right structures for football players, or they invest into developing squads or others on the understanding that they think this is how it is. And then the particularly the tax authorities review it and say, actually, even though we initially said this was the case. It, the object of this was something different. Therefore, we are going to come and be quite aggressive in terms of trying to reclaim these revenues. I think it's fascinating that you described in, a, in it, from a Brazilian perspective what I think is a, probably one of the biggest issues in world football in terms of uh, stability. How was that? How was the? How was this incentivization or the narrative around it um, received in Brazil? So was it this is good for clubs or was it the there was a narrative around hey this is giving you know again we're doing too much for football here well well I I, I guess I guess that Mansur can tell it uh, uh, from an inside perspective as as he was one of the people negotiating with the 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 the, the economy ministry but uh, I can say that. Again, it was a win-win situation because at the end of the day, we had litigation. Litigation in a country as Brazil is not good for anyone, uh, not good for the, 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 the government, not good for the, the taxpayers. Uh, we are talking about 20 years uh, in, in discussion. The only guys that are making money in a discussion like that are the lawyers. I, I am... Uh, 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 Playing against my own interests, but uh, I, I can safely say that this uh, this kind of discussion makes no sense to anyone. So, we what we we try to to make and what we try to achieve here was a, a, a compromise. Well, we will pay taxes. It, what is different from the current situation? 
it will not be the same taxes as other institutions pay because we are in a in a different scenario here. So uh, let's find uh, mutual grounds so that we start paying. Now we know what we have to pay. It will be a simpler uh, system, and, and, and in fact, is a very uh, uh, interesting system that we have made here. And we will look at this uh, as an investment because if the football industry grows, as we believe it will grow, EU government will uh, finally get some of this because now we. All we'll have is litigation. So, yeah, in fact, you can win in, in 20 years, but you can lose as well. So uh, uh, what we tried to achieve was something that uh, now we have 5% uh, of taxes. It's the only taxes that we have to pay, uh, but it's 5% of five percent of something. And we believe that this something will be uh, much more uh, aggressive in, in the near future. So, uh, uh, for the government, for the government, it was also a win. Uh, although uh, Mansour can safely say that was not perceived as that when they were negotiating that with with the ministry. What we try to show to the government is, although the huge cultural importance of football in Brazil, football is still not a marketing, an economic place to 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 do uh, business in Brazil while the clubs were organized as associations. We are something like we are as a country, uh, how material exporter. We uh, send our younger players to Europe and we do not uh, make the volume of business that the importance of football in Brazil could produce. We, uh, if you, we had studied last year the biggest number of uh, negotiations of transfer of players in the world was from Brazil to Portugal. But we uh, need to change this, this vocation. Stop being a raw material exporter and try to be a place to doing business in football. The government accepts these, these arguments. Uh, they, they, they said us, they, they were convinced that the internal structure of Brazilian clubs were most responsible for this situation. That's why they accepted to create, uh, as Thiago said, a special uh, rule for taxes. Because if we, if we come from a taxation for the associations in some cases that, uh, that were zero, and come to the regular taxation of companies, in some cases, is 24% of the revenues. No one and the, 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 the group of directors would have a very good argument to say it's not good to change our structure from associations to companies. While the government agreed to introduce this new taxation, uh, we are need, we need, uh, lots of 
incomes in a unique taxation of 5%, we create a, a kind of stimulation to the clubs to adopt it, this new, new form of organization. As Thiago said, other important thing is the debts. Uh, and in the law, we still created a special regime to the clubs to pay the debts in a term of 10 years. We tried to create, create it, as I said at first, not a magical formal, but a kind of instrument to stimulate, not to blind, to stimulate the clubs to try to change the secular kind of organization that they had since the first decades of the 20th century when they were created. Now we are just starting because just few clubs, much more than we, we, we were expected, but just few clubs are really talking, considering this situation. But what we, we the argument we used to, to try to convince the government was Brazil is not a marketing. The Brazilian football, five times champion of the world, is a cultural uh, asset of the country, but it's not an uh, economic sector yet. We can uh, create more employees, more jobs, sorry. We can uh, create more jobs. We can, we can translate more money with football in Brazil. And they agreed, and that's why we are now in this situation, uh, discussing right now the new law, uh, trying to stimulate clubs to create companies. Fantastic. Like, I, I think one is very smart. Um, well done. Um, and it makes, like, just from a commercial perspective, it makes a lot of sense if you can, uh, if you can actually get the, as you said, incentivize even 20, 30% of the market to, to, to be better. It creates a lot of jobs in, in, in the country. And Manan, I believe you had a, f a final question. Yeah. So, Mansur, from based on what, what you've told us today, it's very evident that there were a lot of roadblocks for you to get this law in place. You had fan pressure to deal with. You had political pressure to deal with. You had powers at the club to deal with. But you still pushed it through. So, what advice would you give other lawyers and people in football and sports generally that are trying to push through similar better governance reforms and measures, but are saving, facing the same resistance and issues? Uh, uh, I believe that we are still dealing with pressure. Um, there is a very huge change of culture to be made in Brazilian football. There are groups organized as oligarchies that had the control of our football clubs. It, it, it is very important in our society. What I, I strongly believe that this new law brought to the supporters a sense of hope, you know? There were some clubs in Brazil, as I, I, I said, there were like walking deads because they could not have the bankruptcy because they were associations. But they were not still alive. They had so many debts. They meant so few revenues. They just, as I said, they just existed 
in the heart of their supporters. Now, they are being able to, to consider that they are attractive. It's very good if you're attractive. <laughs> it's good for all, our autism. When a club as Botafogo from Rio de Janeiro, the club that when Garrincha had played, Garrincha, the hero of the, the 1962 World Cup, when an American investor as John Texter, owner of club uh, of a NFL club and a Premier League club, come to Brazil and say, I would like to invest in Botafogo. It creates a sense of self-esteem and a hope for the supporter. Last week I was in Rio de Janeiro. I took a cab. The taxi driver said to me, I asked it to the taxi driver, what team you support for? He said, I support for the big one that is coming back. This feeling, I have not, nothing to, uh, I can't value, uh, I can't evaluate how it is important and how it can create a huge, big, a bigger market in, in Brazilian football that we have today. I don't know exactly if I asked your question, but uh, what I would like to say is we have the excitement, but we have to take some cares. Choosing good, good business and being concerned about the situation of the club and doing the, these changes that's not easy from an association to a company. Uh, carefully, calmly, trying to isolate the feelings and thinking rationally how to do the better, the better deal. And my answer to that question, Manan, uh, would be just taking a look at uh, Mansur's example, uh, the same that my grandfather gave to my father. Believe in your dreams and work hard. Uh, Mansur had, uh, had something that he believed, uh, and he worked very hard. Uh, he made uh, uh, hundreds of trips to Brasilia, which is not a, a, a very uh, a simple trip to make. Uh, because he believed on something uh, on, on a selfless basis, uh, on, on, on an altruistic basis, because uh, 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 it was not for him, it was not for our firm, although we are working with this new market, uh, it was because he loved the game of football, and uh, he spent most of his time for the last seven years working on something that would make no difference for him. He was already a very, very uh, known lawyer in the market. What, what, what he, what he, what he uh, uh, made was something to change uh, the culture, and uh, they, that's because he believed on that. So believe in your dreams, believe in what, you, what uh, stick to your, uh, to your own, uh, to your beliefs, and work hard. That's, that's, that's the the the, the 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 what I take from Mansur and what uh, uh, makes me believe that we are making a, a better economy for the, the 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 Brazilian football. And Manan, what I I, I could compliment from Thiago's speech. Just before I started to wrote the law, 
I had been in a club, in an associative club, for 10 years. I know the worst part of the management of association. The parties, as I said, the politicals, the pressure of the supporters of the members. So I can, uh, the, the, this, this period I passed into the internal, the very internal uh, rooms of a club, the very internal centers of decision in a club, make me strongly believe that the association is not the good, the, the, the best way to management of football clubs nowadays in Brazil. I can say, I can use the argument. I'm not the theoretical. I'm not the lawyer that just studied by the books. I was inside. I know how what you did last summer, <laughs> as the movie says. <laughs> so uh, I strongly believe that we uh, have an opportunity. We has uh, we have an opportunity nowadays to really change the way to manage football in Brazil and make the goods we had in in national teams and World Cups and supporters in producing players like Pelé, Garrincha, Ronaldo, Ronaldo Gaúcho, Neymar nowadays in big profits for our clubs because it's how we can prove ourselves and try to be again in a level not the same level because we have the currency issue, but we're try, trying to compete with the some of the European clubs again. I really believe in that. Well, I think it's fantastic. It's a love. I love the the enthusiasm, the motivation, uh, the experience that you've shared with us today, the insights and knowledge. I think the observation that I've got to build on to what you said is that. And you're again probably being too humble and uh, to really draw on it, but um, having a political awareness of what motivates a government, uh, particularly around tax revenues, employment opportunities, the cultural elements of which you've described and identifying that, and uh, managing to separate the heart and the mind, as you're saying, as you're talking about these issues. Uh, despite being in the thick of it for 10 years, seemed to be very um, helpful. And definitely that that sort of the final point that you made about the, uh, the difference between having theory and then having practice is so valuable because you can no doubt explain to people, let me give you a scenario, this is what's happened here, this is why we need to take this approach and it carries a lot of weight. Um, thank you both very much for your time and your input. I'm so excited to get you guys on the podcast. We spoke privately, obviously you guys, firms, corporate members of Law & Sport as well. So we're looking forward to working with you more there, doing some great stuff and, you know, a lot of our conversations around corporate governance and, you know, due diligence and those type of stuff, which is, you know, often something that gets overlooked in, particularly in football, but in sport, but is increasingly more important. So thank you for sharing your insights. As I said, we'll link to the article that the guys have written to give provide more details i think if you're interested in football finance governance um football club succession etc then you're going to want to read that article and find out more and of course i think tiago and francisco i think you'll both be welcoming comments or people reaching out to you um if, if they would like if you are interested you want to find out more i'm sure they'll be delighted to hear from you and of course if you've enjoyed their contribution if you enjoyed the podcast, please do tell people about it. That's all we ask. And 
no matter where you are in the world, thank you for tuning in. And remember, for all the latest legal issues and developments from the world of sport, go to lawinsport.com. And thank you from me and my colleague Manan. Thanks so much for joining in. Thank you, Manan, for your question.